It's the Morning Majlis. It's the Morning Majlis. Learning a lot more about the holy month of Ramadan and Messenger of Mercy. That's our dedicated program on uh, Pulse95 Radio in English, talking to you about the stories of the prophets and, of course, uh, some Islamic uh, topics that you need to know a little bit more to get to know about the holy month of Ramadan and to talk to us about that program we've got the host of the program and the presenter producer um and the brains behind it of course uh, mr haji dris thank you very much for joining us salam alaikum and welcome to the morning majlis wa alaikum salam i'm very pleased to be here well we're pleased to have you on air with us now let's start off by talking about messenger of mercy uh, the significance of the show and the importance of the message that you've got on the program but obviously the It's a, this year it's actually the messengers of mercy, mm. but it starts with the messenger of mercy, Muhammad, and ends with him. Because in the meaning, he's the first prophet and the last prophet. And uh, the stories of the prophets are like stories that are like an underground river that flow through the, uh, the story of mankind. So in a way... Uh, the Prophet Muhammad is like the exemplar for the whole of mankind. That's why we say he was a mercy for all mankind. And so we draw stories that uh, remind us of our human potential. And mm. Ramadan is that time when we're concentrating on lifting ourselves up. And so having stories of the Prophet and the Prophet's at this time is, is like one of those tools that we can use in our own process of self-purification. So I have, this is the third series that I've done. I did the first series was really the seerah. I did the short episodes from the life of the Prophet Muhammad. And then the second one last year, I concentrated on the qualities of the Prophet Muhammad. So his courage, his, uh, his patience, his, uh, you know, th- these qualities that we all aspire to. And this year, I've done it slightly different. I've, I've, I've moved it from just being the Prophet Muhammad to being the chain of prophets. And, uh, but in the way that I've unfolded it, I've unfolded it as from the, the, uh, the Prophet Muhammad as the primordial model for all the prophets. And there's a, a wonderful, uh, the, 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 the high point of the Prophet Muhammad's life was his journey through the heavens, his, his what we call his mirage. And in the mirage, he go, as he goes up through each heaven, he meets one of the prophets. So in the first mm-hmm. heaven, he meets Adam. And then the second prophet, he meets uh, Isa and Zachar and his uh, Yahya. His, uh, and the third heaven, he meets Yusuf. So uh, the way I've kind of formulated the, uh, you know, the unfolding of as it goes through the month is on that mirage journey. So I begin with the Prophet Muhammad and you know, on that journey. And then as he goes through, I, he meets the different prophets. And uh, you know, those prophets, they all have... Uh, a resonance with us and we know the stories well i think you know i mean it, they're stories which are shared as well with the other Abra- abrahamic faiths so, so hopefully this will be resonating to a more general audience as well hajidris um, while the stories of prophets they're definitely inspiring for everyone and they should be taught to all muslims and even non-muslims but uh, i want to go back to hajidris himself 
And you also, you're a very inspiring story yourself. You don't hail from this part of the of the of the world, originally. And uh, I would like to know how it all started, the whole journey of you. What really inspired you to preach, and how did it all start? Well, I, I mean, strangely, say I wasn't connected to this part of the world. I mm. was because my father was an expatriate, mm. a petroleum engineer. Mm -hmm. So when I was two and a half. Uh, he got a job in Bahrain, okay. so, so that was in 1954. Mm -hmm. We moved to Bahrain. At that time, Bahrain was the kind of sophisticated center of the Gulf, and, mm -hmm. and uh, as a whole story in itself. So I was actually brought up aware of Islam mm -hmm. and aware of the Muslim world, but not. It wasn't my world. Mm -hmm. You know, I was an expatriate, and we particularly in those days there was a, a great divide between mm -hmm. the expatriate community and the local community. We lived in the oil company village. It had a security fence around it, had security guards. You know, the only the only kind of locals that came in, it was very interesting of course, that that what we what we used to call Omani coolies. Oh, wow. but, uh, but the Omanis were not from the Sultanate of Oman. They were from the, the coast of Oman, which is this coast. So they were particularly from Abu Dhabi because Abu Dhabi at that time in the 1950s was dirt poor. And, of course, that was very famous. I mean, uh, maybe I'm getting a bit political here, but mm. it's a, a good history because the ruler at that time, uh, the brother of Sheikh Zayd, Rahimullah, the, was called Sheikh Shahboot, mm -hmm. and he was notoriously a little bit mean. So people used to go to him and say, Sheikh, we're, we're suffering. No, we don't. He would say, go off and work in Bahrain. Go to Qatar. Work in Qatar. And uh, so, so, but then, of course, by the late 1950s and 1960s, then when the oil came, then things began mm -hmm. to change. So then we began to be aware of this coast. But really, the only significant place for people like myself growing up in Bahrain was Sharjah, because mm -hmm. Sharjah had the Air Force base. True. Mm -hmm. And so people used to kind of go... Uh, and you know, you know, you could hop on planes. You know, the RAF would kind of take people just for a kind of ride, <laughs> like, and and so uh, so Sharjah was a, like a known entity. And of course, in history, I mean, you know, Sharjah was uh, the, the, the most important place on mm. the, the Gulf. It's from where the uh, the British uh, had their native agent, the mm. the, the Al Sakal. Uh, mm -hmm. Which is, a, I mean, mm. actually, I have a very close connection to the family, which is known as Al Sakal, which is mm. not a name; it's their title. True. It's yeah. actually a, a, a mang, an Arabic mangling of a Hindi word, which is Sakar, which means the government. Mm -hmm. so, Rightly yeah. so. Uh, you know, I've, you've you've also uh, you know you hail from uh, from uh, from Cornwall, so you've got the west and the eastern part of England and the United Kingdom <laughs> covered well. You know, from from Cornwall, live I, in Norfolk as well. I live in Norfolk now. Yes, no, you live yeah. in Norfolk now. Um, talk to us about uh, you know when you embraced Islam um, and and how it all happened and uh, what led you to to now. Uh, to to preach it and, and encourage more people to learn a little bit more about the faith. Well, my, my you know I was brought up in the 1960s, so my kind of adolescence was at this time of great uh, social change and people questioning things. Mm. And uh, uh, I mean, if I learned anything about Bahrain in Bahrain about the world, it was about 
the shallowness and the hypocrisy and the false pride of the expatriate community. And every kind of teenager is a rebel. So I Mm. was a rebel against what I saw happening in the company camp and the kind of like the lack of morals, the lack Mm. of, it was something that made me aware that I wanted something else. I wanted change. I wanted a better world. Mm. And uh, so when I went off to university, uh, you know, I was not just going to university to to seek uh, information. Mm. I was. I thought I was going to go to a place where I would become knowledgeable. I would be mm. kind of. You know, I, I was after wisdom. And I was. You know, I went to Oxford to study English language and literature, but actually, I wasn't really interested in studying. Um, what I was actually interested in was in rather than studying Shakespeare was acting Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I ended up you know, being in every kind of student production that I could uh, get, you know, could be in. And uh, so I was spending my whole time acting. So I didn't really do any studying at all. <laughs> at a certain point, it just came obvious, what are you here for? So, so yeah. when did you start studying Islam and what type of studies did you go through or well, research? Uh, well, when, I mean, there's, I have some different stories, really, hmm. because uh, a part of... Uh, my being a kind of aspirational, creative uh, adolescent was writing poetry. But of course, every adolescent writes love poetry. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you fixate on some, you know, that particular girl of the moment and you write these. But of course, the, the, the greatest source of imagery and uh, of language is the Bible. And, the, and you know, I'd, I'd been to a, a Christian boarding school. I'd had a kind of good grounding in, mm. in sort of scripture. And so I was using a lot of kind of imagery. And I had this one particular girlfriend who was older than myself at that time. Uh, you know, she, and she was actually studying world literature in the uh, American mm. University in Beirut. And this was in my gap year. If you go to Oxford, you used to have to have uh, an examination which you took in the Christmas term, and then you had nine months to wait. So I went to stay in Bahrain with my parents, and then, anyways, I was writing this kind of poetry, to, and this girl was reading. I said, "This poetry reminds me of the Sufi poets." Mm. And then she told me about the, uh, the the tradition within Islam of Sufism, which is the and at that time in in the uh, United Kingdom and around the you know, the Western world, there was an awareness of Sufism, but it was a thing which kind of floated free. It was like as if it was a universal religion. It kind of, you know, it all. Uh, I mean, uh, but uh, I was lucky because uh, I, uh, in my kind of own searching, I found a man who was a, a Muslim and who was a Sufi who actually came from when from Scotland and uh, I, I mean I have to, I could tell many stories but mm-hmm. I mean basically what he presented to me was well if you're interested in Sufism there is no Sufism without Islam and then he he started to talk to me about Islam and that kind of resonated totally with me I mean there's I mean I can't mm-hmm. there, there are I had experiences of uh, making sajda before I became a Muslim. Okay. So, so, so the, the, the act of sajda, mm. which is kind of, in, in a sense, the, the whole of Islam is in that, in that uh, just putting your forehead on the ground and saying, I'm not, I didn't create myself. I'm, you know, God is greater. 
And that, that, so that is the kind of the, the, the essence. And mm. everything else grows from that. True. But you have to kind of approach that act of, of complete submission with, with courtesy. So you stand and you bow and then you put your head on the ground. Mm. It's very interesting because if you notice little babies when they're pretending to do the prayer, they don't bother about standing. They just go straight onto the, they just mm. fall flat on their face. I, I mean, it's uh, a striking image for them, isn't it? it? it, it yeah, yeah, so they know what it is. They just, yeah. And they don't need to have all the courtesy about no. standing and about being aware. And uh, you know, mm. Anyway, that's, uh, I could go on for a long exactly. time. Yeah. No, right. So, but I've got to talk to you about the um, the importance. Now, obviously, this is the holy month of Ramadan, and and most of our guests who've uh, been on our show to talk about the holy month of Ramadan call it it's the month of the Quran, because obviously it is when when the Quran was revealed. Why are remembering such stories of the prophets and also going back in history so important? That's you know, especially with your Messenger of Mercy program. That how can these stories really benefits the listener? and for Muslims to practice their, their faith and religion a bit better? It's a difficult question mm. because that's, a, that's such an individual. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, hopefully I'm putting a seed there mm. that will resonate with different people. That's, that's what I'm hoping to do. I mean, I, I know what it means to me. I know, you know, I mean, Ramadan is a journey. And it's a journey that always begins. You're never prepared. I mean, if, don't tell me you've got ready for it. Comes at you out of, as if you're running in the park and somebody jumps out at you. You may think you're, but when it comes, then it unfolds. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of unfolding. Uh, that the first days are the days of forgiveness. The second days are the days of mercy. The third. Uh, ten days are what we call freedom from the fire. Mm. And freedom from the fire, because by that time, you've cooled your kind of appetites. You, you, you've kind of focused yourself, and then, uh, so people taste uh, in those last ten days something which is you know, spiritually deep, and that's of course the time when we have the, the practice of making retreat into the mosques, mm. itikaf, which I you know I say everybody has to do itikaf at some point. I mm. mean, maybe not, maybe to do it every year is not particularly good, but you, know, you should do itikaf because it, uh, it, you find out about yourself. True. That, yeah. A little bit more. Yeah, and um, now in terms of uh, the, the the programming, it, we believe it's going to be live on, on the holy month of Ramadan uh, as well. And uh, how are you personally? excited to, to see the contents come out because you know, it takes well, a long, long time to produce this it, as well. Yes, because it's a very uh, they give me a very short uh, so I have to get, I, I, I write it and then I, uh, it. I c- condense it <laughs> so, the, so the skill is in actually kind of condensing it and making each kind of uh, episode have a roundness to it mm. yeah, so, so, so the, the work for me is in kind of uh, pulling myself in mm. and, and then hopefully uh, by that it it becomes like a I'm sure you know about homeopathic mm-hmm. it becomes like a homeopathic pill hopefully mm-hmm. so and I, I felt that particularly with the one which I did 
about the qualities of the Prophet Muhammad because you know, that you know, each of them was like a kind of homeopathic pill mm. that would hopefully resonate with that aspect within uh, the, the person. I mean, it's but I can't keep doing the same mm. show each year. Exactly, <laughs> no, that's very true. Uh, now, in in conclusion, I'd like to um, touch on this topic on how to make the most of the holy month of Ramadan. How does Hajj Idris make the most of it, and how would you? recommend and suggest to listeners to make the most of the holy month of Ramadan? Well, I think, the, I mean, the, the, everything's in its beginning and its end. And that's the beginning of the day and the, well, where does the day begin? Mm. <laughs> Actually, technically, the, 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 uh, the Muslim day begins at sunset. So you're beginning with the breaking of the, so the but breaking of the fast you should be in as much company as you possibly can and to mm. be sharing the food and to be celebrating that kind of you've all been through this same process you, you it's, it's like when you go on hajj your common humanity you're all dressed in the same things you've all been fasting so the the sort of the the, the commonality of your humanness mm. you're celebrating it with with other people so I you know, make sure that you don't break the fast alone I think that's and, a very valid point yeah uh, but then at the dawn when you start the fast the dawn is a time when you need to kind of have time with yourself don't I th you know, there are people who don't like to get up for the sahur which is the, the meal that you take before the mm. dawn prayer. But actually the suhoor is has a secret in it. And but the uh, but it's really not just that you're waking up for the food, you're waking up because that time of day has a special resonance. Mm. So so I would say make use of these two times of the day, the the the, 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 the sunset and the, 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 the dawn. And uh and then, of course, if you're doing that, then you'll hopefully that it it will kind of uh, make you more conscious about what you're doing during the night time. Mm. That you know, you do. I mean, it does tend for a lot of people just to become a kind of a, a, a long night, you know, a, a party night, mm, a night owl. <laughs> a night, yeah. So the, yeah. Mm. That's not it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Greater purpose in that holy month, of course. Well, Hajjad Reis, thank you very much for joining us today. And uh, we wish you all the very best with the programming and Ramadan Kareem in advance. Ramadan Mubarak. As well. So to you and all the listeners. Out there. Well, yeah. uh, so that's going to be uh, the show again, once again, third season this time round of Messenger of Mercy. All in English and all on Pulse95 Radio's Instagram and YouTube accounts. And, of course, you'll catch those uh, throughout the day uh, on our, our radio airwaves. You're listening to The Morning Matchless. We'll be right back after the business headlines. Pulse. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Pulse.